Welcome to Scooby Shack Radio, Episode 78, recorded Monday, February 14th, 2022. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Hello again, everyone, and thank you for listening to this Valentine's Day edition of Scuba Shack Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Centropino. Getting to Valentine's Day is yet another milestone in our march towards spring. The days are certainly getting longer. Having sunsets after 5.30 p.m. is certainly nice, and the daily temperatures are beginning to rise a bit. But that doesn't mean winter is over by a long stretch, and it seems just when you think it's over, we get hit with some sort of snowstorm. Well, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that most of the bad weather is behind us. Now, yesterday was Super Bowl Sunday and the end of the NFL season. Well, if you were following the playoffs this year, it was, it was quite the year. And the big game didn't disappoint either, unless, of course, you're a Bengals fan. Believe me, as a longtime Philadelphia Eagles fan, I've had my share of disappointments. On today's show... I'm going to have another installment of Sea Hunt, It's Still Alive, and this time we'll go back to Season 1 for an episode titled Female of the Species. What's Mike getting into this time? But first up is Wet Notes, our news and information update. So let's get started. This is Wet Notes here on Scuba Shack Radio for Monday, February 14th, 2022. First up today, here is another sign that either we're putting COVID-19 behind us or we're just learning to live with this virus. On February 1st, we received a post on our Patty Northeast Facebook group that the diving medical questionnaire has been updated. A year or so ago, the medical questionnaire had undergone a major update from the previous version, and it was welcomed. However, it did contain references to COVID-19. The first question actually asked if you ever had COVID-19. Then, in subsequent sections, there were questions related to the coronavirus. Well, all references to COVID-19 have been taken out of the questionnaire by the Diving Medical Screening Committee. Simply having had COVID doesn't disqualify you from diving. Like everything, you are responsible for your fitness in scuba diving and should err on the side of caution. If I felt the need, I would certainly seek out medical advice before diving if I had any sort of respiratory problem. Now here's something interesting, especially if you enjoy being in a book club. Reef Environmental Educational Foundation has a completely virtual book club that they call Into the Blue Book Club. Now, here's how it works. Each quarter, they select a book that is either about the ocean, marine science, 
environmental conservation, or diving. Then they conduct a Zoom meeting for the book club and normally have the author in attendance. Their next book club meeting is April 21st, 2022 at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And that's where they're going to discuss the book by William McKeever. And it's titled Emperors of the Deep, Sharks, the Ocean's Most Mysterious, Most Misunderstood, and Most Important Guardians. I saw that the book retails for about $16 U.S. in paperback on Amazon if you want to pick it up. Then, if you want to join the book club, simply go to the Reef uh, website and register online. You'll get emails with information, meeting reminders, discussion questions, and more. This is also, um, an, there's also an Into the Blue Facebook group, and you can check it out at www.reef.org slash book club. I recently came across an article on deeperblue.com that was titled Climate Change, Bringing Tiger Sharks to an Ocean Near You. Okay, that got my attention. According to research conducted by the University of Miami, they have determined that the sharks are expanding their range. The cause? I think you can guess. It's ocean warming. Now, because these sharks are apex predators, their expanded range could cause ecological imbalances. They could seriously impact the food chain. The lead author of the study is Neil Hammerschlag from the University of Miami Shark Research and Conservation Program. Not only will the sharks cause the imbalance mentioned, they are also in danger because they are migrating out of, outside of the marine protected areas, or MPAs, where they are afforded that protection. There's just nothing good about ocean warming, whether it be the coral bleaching or, as we see here, migration that should not be happening. The first quarter 2022 edition of the Journal of Diving History from the Historical Diving Society USA arrived this past week, and was I glad to finally get my subscription back on track. I've missed the last two editions as I had had a problem with my renewal, and that took a little bit of time to work out. Now, 2022 is the 30th anniversary of the Historical Diving Society USA. Leslie Lenny opened up the editorial by reflecting back on the early days of the publication and how it evolved in what it is today. The cover story is titled John B. Green, Submarine Diver and the Early Days of Salvage on Lake Erie, and it was written by Eric Pekovic. John Council's article in the vintage section is Helmets, Bottles, and Masks, Oh My!, and Sid Mackin tells us about a robot camera housing from the 1930s. You can also learn about Soviet and Eastern Bloc undersea habitats. What a great addition to kick off the 30th anniversary of HDS USA. Absolutely worth the membership of $60 a year. Now here's another way you can become a citizen scientist. You can participate in the Great Shark Snapshot. And that's being sponsored by the Shark Trust. Here's how it works. For, for one week in July, July 24th to the 31st, 2022, divers and snorkelers are being invited to record all shark, ray, and skate species that they see during that week. 
This event is part of their 25th anniversary celebration, and they plan on making this a yearly event. Your sightings can, can then be added to the Shark Trust Shark Log, and this information will help researchers determine how species are distributed and start to track any changes. Then, the data will be used to help formulate conservation plans. They have a short YouTube video out there that tells you about the event. The Shark Trust is a UK-based charity working to safeguard sharks, rays, and skates. This seems like a really simple way to engage in some citizen science. And finally, here is something new from Fourth Element. We recently got an email from them with the, with the subject line, Reduce Your Fin Print. This email announced their new Rec Fin, which is labeled as the world's first recycled dive fin. It is part of their Ocean Positive series and is made from 97% recycled plastic. The blade and the foot pocket are actually made from 100% recycled plastic. The fin comes in white and teal, or like a black and gray, and they are the classic four-channel design with an adjustable fin strap. Their marketing material states that they are the perfect combination of efficiency and eco-consciousness. Looks like they'll be available starting March 1st. The rec fin comes in three sizes, small, regular, and extra large. And, what I've been, and from what I've been able to gather, the retail price is an affordable $125 U.S. More eco-friendly innovations from Fourth Element. Great job. Well, that wraps up this installment of Wet Notes here on Scuba Shack Radio for f- February 14th, 2022. It's time for another installment of Sea Hunt. It's still alive here on Scuba Shack Radio. And this time we take you back to Season 1, Episode 6, titled Female of the Species. This episode premiered on February 15, 1958. Female of the Species starts out with a scene of a barge offshore conducting coast and geodetic surveys. These surveys are under the direction of Jerry Kearns. Just above the ocean on the shore is a woman, Kay Dalton and she's looking out at the water with a degree of anxiety. The scene then shifts to Mike's apartment, where he's sitting on the couch reading, and he's telling us about how he has just finished a job for Marineland of the Pacific. Suddenly, there's a knock on the door. It's Kay, and she has come to ask Mike for scuba diving lessons because she needs to get to 150 feet. She tells Mike she is not an ordinary pupil. Mike offers her a cigarette as they are, and then he asks her, why, no, why doesn't she use a local dive shop? She says she needs a private instructor and pulls out a lot of cash. Mike agrees to train her and tells her to meet him at the pier tomorrow at 10 a.m. Kay says, make it 8 a.m. Let's not waste good sunshine. Well, their first day of training is a disaster. 
Kay is not good in the water and is afraid of the sea. She is trembling the whole time. Mike tells us that he has to have some frank talk with her. He tells her that she'll never be a diver. He wants to give her her money back, but she pleads with him. It's only my first day. Give me another chance. And you know, big old kind-hearted Mike agrees, and they take her back out the next day. Their training continues, and Mike now tells us that Kay has the the determination of a polio victim learning to walk. And within a week, she is making progress. And now they're on a dive to 60 feet. Just then, an eagle ray comes into the shot, scares Kay, and she bolts to the surface. Mike is desperately trying to stop her. When she gets to the surface, gasping for air, Mike is yelling at her to never do that again, tells her about decompression, the bends, and the consequences of breaking the rules. Kay is in pain, and they need to race to the decompression chamber. Just as they are about to enter the chamber, Kay says her pain is gone. She doesn't need to go into the chamber and wants to continue the lessons. This time, Mike tells her she doesn't have what it takes, and he is not going to be responsible for her killing herself. Mike wants to really know why Kay needs to dive. She concocts a story about being an archaeologist and hands Mike a relic that she says came from Mongolia and was found here off the coast of California. She wants to find the source and make a name for herself. Mike still refuses to continue teaching her. In the next scene, we see Kay pulling up to Kinder's Sporting Goods Store. Mike tells us that Jeff Kinder provides scuba gear to expert divers. Kay buys all the stuff she needs. Mr. Kinder asks her if she knows how to dive, and she tells him that she was trained by Mike Nelson. Kinder says Mike is the best and tells Kay that that he's checked out all the gear because he doesn't want any accidents on his head. Kay pays Kinder $152.18 for the complete kit. Jeff Kinder did upsell Kay on on a one-piece face mask that he would get later. We now shift back to Mike's apartment where he is now working with Jerry Cones on some future survey work. Another knock on the door. This time it's Pete Zerke, an insurance investigator, looking for some stolen diamonds. He asks Mike if he knows where Joanna Mason is. Mike says he doesn't know any Joanna Mason, but he does. So you see, Kay is really Joanna Mason, and her boyfriend, Sam Lewis, stole a quarter of a million dollars worth of industrial diamonds. Sam is in prison, but Pete believes Joanna knows where the diamonds are located. Mike's phone rings. It's Jeff Kinder, and he wants to let Mike know that he has the one-piece face mask for Kay or Joanna or whatever name she used. Mike says they need to find her before she kills herself. He grabs the phone book to look up her phone number, just five digits, 82346. Joanna's not there, but her sister is. Now, they want her sister to look through Sam's letters to see if Joanna knows where the diamonds are located. Next, we see Pete and Mike at Joanna's apartment. Her sister shows them a letter that describes where the diamonds are located in a sort of code. They break the code and are racing off. Mike tells the sister that Joanna doesn't have the experience or stamina to make the dive. Her sister pleads to please give her a break. Now we see Joanna struggling to get in the water, and then we see Pete and Mike racing to where Joanna is diving. 
She heads down to find the drum with the diamonds. She finds it and takes out her knife to cut the line. Mike enters the water and is searching for Joanna. Just as she cuts the line and starts riding the barrel up to the surface, Mike catches up to her. Johanna has forgotten everything about decompression and is rocketing to the surface. As Mike grabs her and holds her down, she releases the drum and it heads up. The drum washes ashore and Pete fishes it out of the surf in a suit and tie. Mike gets Joanna ashore after a bit of a struggle and she tells him to leave her alone. He replies, if I let you alone, you'd be dead. Pete tells Mike that the diamonds are all there. Mike asks if they could just let Joanna go because it was all Sam's fault. Pete agrees, and Mike tells Joanna that he hopes her sister can pound some sense into her head. And so ends Mike Nelson's encounter with the female of the species. The episode ends with Lloyd inviting us back next week for more adventure. Now, this episode was also remade in Sea Hunt 1987, but it was titled Wet Diamonds, and that was released on January 2nd, 1988. Still trying to get my hands on that series with Ron Ely as Mike Nelson. Well, that wraps up this installment of Sea Hunt. It's still alive here on Scuba Shack Radio. Ah, Mike Nelson, tough as nails, but just a big softy when it comes to women. How about those prices for all that dive gear? Ah, the good old days. Well, that wraps up this Valentine's Day edition of Scuba Shack Radio. Once again, thank you all for tuning in, and I'll be back in a couple of weeks with more. Until then, take care. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Talk to you next time. <laughs>